Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Jack Foster. Jack is the CMO at WorkRamp where they provide a learning software system to enable companies to ensure employees and customers better understand how to use products or services that are being sold. With over 16 years of marketing experience, spearheading marketing and demand gen efforts for some of the most innovative players in tech, including SurveyMonkey, Lever, and CA Technologies, one of Jack's primary focuses is to bridge building communities for organizations. Success or failure can hinge on an organization's capacity to communicate effectively, something she knows well. Today, Jack and I are going to be chatting about how businesses can better drive revenue and ensure success through building communities and relationships. We'll learn what works from Jack's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Jack, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction, Stacy. It's nice to be here. Of course. And what I always love to do is start off by asking, how did you get here today? What was your journey? What was your map to become a CMO? Yeah, thanks. Um, well, I started my career in tech back in 2008 uh, at a CA Technologies, which was a really big enterprise software company. And, um, you know, at the time it was like a 14,000 employee. 14,000 employees, public company, um, you know, doing over $4 billion in revenue a year. And I got a marketing coordinator position there and just really tried to learn everything I possibly could about marketing at the time. Um, doing everything from, you know, trade shows to helping with our newsletter. Um, and what was really interesting about the business unit that I worked in at CA was that we were a two-tier distribution model. And so what that meant was that um, we had a really robust partner program. So we were marketing to partners and selling through partners and then also doing, um, you know, what you would call demand generation marketing to customers and to end users. And so um, I just got a ton of experience really learning um, about that distribution model and, uh, again, had the opportunity to partner with partners to work on their business plans so that we could figure out, you know, how to grow their businesses. And, you know, there's so much experience that comes with that. Um, I was lucky enough uh, to work my way into a leadership position, um, maybe not lucky enough, but I did work my way into a leadership position during my time there and uh, ended up leading the North America marketing team for the business unit I was at. And that was when a very interesting thing, an inflection point really in my career happened. Um, we carved out the business unit to private equity. So we took you know, this $100 million business, 40,000 customers worldwide, and uh, brought that to uh, private equity where we were going to you know, continue to grow the, the business and just invest in a different way. Um, I spent about a year and a half, the company that we stood up was called ArcServe. And uh, it was it was really fun. I mean, it obviously wasn't like a brand new business building from the ground up, but there was a lot of building that needed to happen because, you know, we were carving out our own brand. We had to start our new independent offices. We had to start all of our own systems separate from CA. So there was a lot of building that happened. Um, but during that time, I then decided, you know, I was living in San Francisco, um, kind of wanted to get into more of the venture-backed world, a startup world. And so that's when I decided to join a company called Lever, um, which is a company that was in the HR tech space, an applicant tracking system. And um, I was employee number 64 
I think 64 there. And yeah, early, early on like series B company, when I joined um, the CMO at the time, fifth hire there, fifth marketer. And I mean, this was just such an amazing experience. I, you know, we went into hyper growth mode while I was there. We got to double the, uh, doubled the business in all aspects, doubled ARR, doubled customers, doubled employees, um, and just, you know, announced our Series C. I got to build out the demand gen and marketing operations team. Um, a lot of community building there. I know that's a topic we're going to, you know, talk about here, but, um, you know, community and customer uh, relationships and customer advocacy was a huge part of our strategy at Lever while I was there. Um, ended up leaving Lever to go to a, a company that a lot of people have heard of called SurveyMonkey. I joined SurveyMonkey pre-IPO, um, again, to lead the uh, the marketing operations and demand gen function for our enterprise business. Um, at the time that I joined, uh, SurveyMonkey was just starting to, to get into enterprise. Um, so this had been, you know, 20 years of kind of self-serve motion, take out your credit card, swipe, and, you know, you get um, kind of, a, you get access to surveys. We realized that tons of organizations were using our product to make um, really important decisions because feedback fuels a lot of decisions in, in businesses. And so this is when we started to really put the gas on the enterprise business. Um, you know, I was there for over three years, got to go through the IPO, kind of see that transition from private to to public. Um, you know, we built the enterprise business from like low digits and it was around 12% of uh, revenue. When I joined, it was enterprise was over 30% of revenue. When I left, you know, we were just, we made two acquisitions. Um, again, just so, so much front seat to a lot of um, really cool things. Got to understand the PLG motion um, and what that really means. And then that was kind of a point in my career. You asked, how do you, you know, where, how do you get to CMO? Um, I kind of made this decision, honestly, at SurveyMonkey, where I said, okay, do I want to keep going down the path of being a demand gen leader and maybe do that at large organizations? Or do I want to try to lead marketing? And uh, I obviously decided to, to go back into a startup and lead the marketing function, um, which is you know how I ended up at WorkRamp. And WorkRamp, or the learning cloud, um, we power all uh, employee and customer experiences across your organization. And uh, one and a half years later, here I am. Um, leading the team here. So that's kind of a 30,000 foot view of my, of my journey so far in my career. Well, it's interesting because you really, you come from a place where you learned by community building. You really did working at a company. And as y'all took off and especially with, um, with the massive scale and growth that you had, you got to learn how not only does an external community need to be built, but you learned how an internal community at a company, because when you are going through those massive growths, when you're the employee number 64, and the next thing you know, there's an employee 150 right around you. I mean, that's a business that's going one of two directions, either over a cliff and off the rails or systems are being put into place so quickly and processes and people are learning and understanding what that company culture is, that everything's like glue and actually able to stick. So you've had a really interesting career adventure that has enabled you to get to where you are today. Yeah, that's a great insight. You're right. Um, community building and marketing, you know, we often talk about that in terms of community building for customers, community building for the market. Um, but you're right. It's it's 
your job, especially as a marketing leader, to also build community internally to inspire internally. And so that that actually is a really great insight. So thanks for sharing that uh, that back with me. Yeah. And so, and now it's really actually ladders up quite well to what you do today with WorkRamp because you all are building communities both for companies to be able to manage their employee workforce with education and learning and knowing what the heck it is that they're selling, that they're working on, that how things work, as well as that external community of the customer base. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things when I came to work ramp that really drew me to the company um, was both both the company culture, and we could definitely talk more about that, the internal culture, and then also um, just the advocacy that I saw customers have for work ramp. So, you know, from the beginning, um, our co-founders, you know, have wanted to build a great product in a mature market that would, you know, I know this is a buzzword, but really like disrupt the market and help, um, like help our customers really be better at their jobs and really turn learning, right? If you think about learning and even just training in general, kind of generally you might have had like, oh, I have to go do this training right at work. And it's not something that you've maybe thought of as like something that's going to propel your career forward or something that's really going to help you accelerate or develop. Right. And so from the beginning, our founders have wanted to change that um, and really make learning a strategic part of the business. And we see that some of the best, you know, companies grow through learning. When you invest in learning, when you invest in growing your people, when you invest in growing your customers, um, you're going to see great results. And so going back to the, what drew me to the company, um, I, you know, I saw that these customers were so passionate about work ramp. They loved partnering with our team. They loved using our software. And yeah, some of that does happen because, um, you know, we have incredible products and, you know, we're innovating. Um, but also work ramp has, you know, always from the beginning um, been making investments in bringing customers together to learn from each other, to celebrate, to share ideas. Um, and so that was really, you know, a foundation that was laid before I got here was investing in customers, investing in our community. Um, you know, one of the things that they did, again, before I, I even got here was set up a Slack community, like literally, you know, a Slack where every single customer that we sign is invited to join Slack. They have um, access, you know, to our team through that, but also access to other customers where they can share ideas and, you know, all of these things. Everyone's always looking for connection, looking for validation, looking for how do you do that right. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of some of the early things that WorkRamp did. And, and so we've, we've seen community building as a strength, you know, again, in kind of the DNA of the company. Um, and it's something that we've continued to invest in, uh, you know, since, since I've been here and are going to continue to invest in uh, as we head into, um, you know, 2023 and beyond. Um, and so some of the things we're doing now, I mean, one of the biggest things that we're doing actually, uh, again, kind of coming off of, okay, people in our space, we sell into revenue teams, we sell into people teams, we sell into customer success and customer education teams. Um, we wanted to create experiences and opportunities for these people to be able to come together. So Slack is, you know, for our customers, but how can we bring the bigger learning community at large together, um, you know, throughout different parts of, of the year, different parts of their journey. And so last year we launched um, our first inaugural conference called WorkRamp Learn Virtual mm -hmm. Summit. 
And uh, that was exactly the goal. Could we have valuable content, right, that people would be attracted to that could help them be better at their jobs? That was a huge part of it. But also, could we bring together all of these people that are focused on enabling and training their employees and customers um, to share ideas and to, to connect with one another? And so um, that's just one example of, you know, some of the ways we're continuing to invest in community. But it's really been uh, a North Star goal for, for both the marketing team. How do we continue to invest in community and, and bring people together, but also really the company, um, the, the larger company goals as well. So I think it's interesting hearing that um, Slack is your community, you know, tool of choice for B2B. So a lot of times you'll see learning platforms and in various more almost B2C oriented companies aiming for towards social, like your Facebook group, your these other groups. And I like the fact that Slack is integrating into and something that these business owners are actually and business users are already using and it's easy to slide into. Yeah, I think, you know, Slack has become so prominent in everybody's day-to-day mm-hmm. workflow. And so I think especially when you're, building, like thinking about where to build community, you, you want it to be in the, what I just said, in the flow of work, where are people spending time? You want to make it easy for people to access. Um, And so I think, I think it's just almost like, you know, you're in Slack all day long. You have your left-hand side here, all the communities that I'm in or all the Slacks that I'm, I'm part of. Um, And so it makes it really easy for customers just to be able to pop in and, and ask a question or, you know, if there's an announcement in there. Um, And so that's, I think that's, why it's it's worked for us so far is because it's really in the flow of work of where our customers are kind of already spending time. Yeah, we use Teams a lot. And the one thing I don't like about it is you have to actually get out of your Teams and into the other Teams that you're in. So it's not quite the same. Just for people listening, if you're choosing between the two ways of communicating, love Teams, but it's not as easy. Um, so with what you've done, what have you, what's your takeaway? Like how do people like working with one another in a community setting, like employee wise? So that's like internally from an organization. Um, what have you seen, you know, besides the Slack channels, besides, um, you know, general learning, what has kept that glue to work? You know, you've gone from one giant success to another company that's on a massive growth track right now. But how is that internal communications from the marketing standpoint? How do you manage that? How do you caress that? So really every company that I've joined, I think has had incredible culture internally. Um, And, you know, that's obviously something I'm looking for. Is this a place where I can feel like I can belong? Is this a place where I feel like, um, you know, I can make an impact? And so, um, you know, I think that's first and foremost is that every, you know, if you look at at Lever was very much um, focused on on belonging and inclusion and, you know, everybody being able to make an impact survey monkey, which of course rebranded to momentum while I was there very similar. And that came leadership demonstrated that right. And work ramp is the same way leadership demonstrated that if you are going to join this company, 
We're going to care about, you know, your opinions. We're going to, um, you're going to be a culture add, not necessarily a culture fit because, you know, everybody that's coming in is going to add a new dimension to the culture. You're going to be a culture add. And so I think, um, of course, culture evolves as new people join and it's, it's all honestly an always evolving thing, but it does have to be demonstrated from leadership that this is, you know, these are the values. These are the things that the internal company is going to stand for. And, you know, do you want to be, be part of that? That's something that I always look for. And then that has to just be, that has to be lived day in and day out. You have to live your values. You have to not just, uh, say things, right. But actually do things that show your employees that you're actually, you know, standing up for the, the things that you believe in. And, um, I think that that's really where it starts. Um, and then as it, as it relates to marketing, I mean, one of the really, you know, one of the, the biggest learnings I think I've had in my career as a marketing leader is that you have to over communicate, um, almost everything you're doing all the time, right? People want to, people don't, and it's not, you know, people just don't always know the things that are happening behind the scenes or how do things work. And so um, you keep inspiring your internal team and you keep, uh, you know, you keep people on track with, you know, tracking to the things that you're working toward by clear communication, consistent communication, um, and really being an internal marketer and sharing, you know, every team should be internally marketing, um, you know, what they're doing, the wins they're having. It's also important to share, I think, where you're not seeing success, that that builds trust and credibility internally. Um, and so, yeah, I think to kind of go back to like how, you know, what keeps culture and, and teams together, I do think leadership has to be kind of the starting point for that. But everybody is responsible for culture and it's going to keep evolving as people join. Um, and then as it relates to kind of your functional area, you know, communicate what you're doing, share what you're doing, celebrate what you're doing build those cross-functional relationships. I mean, that, that's how it all really kind of comes together in my, in my experience. Is there anything that you saw um, or, or you orchestrated um, and you just experienced even as an employee that really stood out to you from any of these companies, like something that you did that would exemplify building that internal uh, communication and culture? Yeah. So I think, one really, uh, one thing I love at WorkRamp, which is a really great example, is that we have a couple of different um, meetings. You could call it meetings, but more like get togethers every week that we do consistently throughout the week. And so, for example, on, you know, Monday, we have our all hands meeting. Um, this is a time where we go through, okay, let's, uh, let's, review our strategy, our mission, what our values are. Let's show how we're demonstrating those values. So this is a weekly meeting, right? And then of course we also go over how we're uh, tracking against our OKRs, um, big company announcements, you know, celebrating employees, celebrating wins and things like that as well. Um, but every Monday, you know, you know, we have our all hands meeting, bring everybody together. We start it with music. You know, there's always like, it's energetic in the chat. Like this is one thing that everyone looks forward to, to get together mm -hmm. to start off our week. But then we also have other things throughout the week where employees can get together, um, you know, to share. We, we have what we call Wednesday social. So this is less about, you know, orienting around what's happening with the business, more about just getting to know each other. And there will be fun prompts in our Wednesday social, you know, everything from, you know, if it's like a holiday, for example, like what was your favorite Halloween costume ever? Things like that, where you're actually just getting to know, uh, getting to know each other on a different 
dimension and, uh, you know, or like a different element of each other is what I mean to say. Um, and so that, you know, that's a really great way to bring people together and not necessarily having to be talking about business all the time, but actually getting to know more about their, um, personal. And are you doing this in person or on, you know, we're a, fully a video? Yeah, we're fully remote. And so that's, okay. you know, I think that's actually, it, it is uh, a different approach when you're a remote company. Um, of course, when I was at companies like, you know, Lever was in person, everybody was in the same office. Um, as pre-COVID probably as COVID, well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just a different, different way, but that, I think it is, um, that's why, you know, we've created at WorkRamp these different opportunities to connect like that, because you do have to do things differently. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's, it's harder necessarily, but it's definitely different when you're, you know, not seeing people day to day and you just have to have a different approach. Um, and then, you know, just going back to some examples on, you know, on Fridays at WorkRamp, we have what we call Learn Fridays, right? We're in the learning space. So very on brand for us, Learn Fridays. Um, and this is where different teams will come and do a deeper dive into something they're working on. Uh, one of the favorites is always when our product and design uh, and engineering teams like share, you know, here's what's coming out from a product perspective. People get up close and personal demos. So the whole point though, is that, you know, there's different points throughout the week where we're coming together as an organization um, for different reasons, but you're still connecting. Right. Um, so yeah, th that's, that's one example of how I've seen it done, especially in a remote first uh, post COVID world. Yeah. And then moving into the outer world of communication. So you have clients, you are catering to them, you know, inbound is such a big world that we're all working within right now, instead of just having it be in, you know, cold calling culture where education really is the driver um, for people to learn about companies before, you know, they even necessarily know they truly need a solution when they're hunting around and, and finding so how have you through your career found that this has evolved? Like where are we at today that you think is so much different than maybe where you, we first started? Well, it's, you know, I think one of the things that in B2B, especially um, there every year, there are thousands of more B2B tools, B2B companies on the market. And so there is just a lot of information that is being shared. Uh, at any given time, right? And so how do you stand out from that is kind of the first the first part. And I think it's always been hard to, to stand out, but I think it's increasingly becoming more difficult to stand out because there's likely, you know, other products that do similar things that you do and thousands of, you know, thousands of messaging messages that people are consuming on a daily basis, or at least exposed to on a daily basis. Um, and so one of the things that I, you know, that we're really leaning into to differentiate, um, obviously from a product perspective, you know, we have, you know, we have the learning cloud, which is definitely a differentiation, but from a marketing perspective, we are finding that, um, you know, people really want to connect with people um, and not necessarily connect with your brand. Of course, they right. want to get information from your brand, but it's actually when you can put a face behind, you know, behind what you're doing that that actually become it resonates, you know, better with people. And so um, I definitely think that that's, you know, it is something we're leaning into our, our CEO, Ted Blosser. He's an amazing storyteller. He loves talking and connecting to customers. Um, he has a lot of great experiences throughout his career. Um, you know, so he does a lot of sharing on LinkedIn and, 
um, you can bet that when Ted shares an update, there's so much engagement, like thousands, you know, 10x the engagement that we would get on like a corporate post, right? So I think um, that's definitely a shift is people still do want to connect with your brand and you should care about that. But I think the more that you can put human humans behind your brand um, is definitely, you know, a bit different. And then this one is very interesting to me when I, you know, going back through my career, um, I, you know, started before kind of revenue marketing or like demand gen where marketers were, I started before marketers were really responsible for revenue. And I kind of saw that shift, right. Where, you know, you were doing marketing, it was difficult to tie the work that you were doing to revenue. And then as new uh, software became available, you know, you were able to track everything. And then all marketers wanted to track every single thing that was happening. It was almost like over, over tracking, over data. And now I think we're kind of moving a little bit back into, um, you, you have, you know, you need to track the right things. You need to have inputs to be able to make decisions. But I do think we're kind of into a, an era where, you know, brand marketing is taking more of a front and center stage again. Um, people understand that you have to be investing in community. You have to be investing in content. You have to be investing in things that are going to educate the 95% of buyers that aren't out there. Um, and you're not going to be able to track everything exactly how you want to. So you have to figure out, you know, what you can track and, you know, how that goes into your decision-making. But I think, um, I think that's different because we kind of came from this place where, you know, if you weren't tracking everything, it was like, what are you doing to back to like, kind of now more of a balance where it's like track the right things, have, you know, have that into your process, but, uh, people have an understanding that there's things that you just honestly are not going to get the attribution for and uh, are, are okay with that. So those are some I, of my thoughts. I think there's still, there's so much that you can track as terms of data. And there's so many things that one might think actually moves the needle when all it's doing is enhancing another aspect of, of what's actually, you know, are what is being captured through a data set. Um, and that, unique world of that brand awareness is still something that's really hard to understand on that top of the funnel. Once you get and start really drilling down and it's it's easy to see the metrics and the who's and the what's and the where's when you have such a tight land, but getting that top land uh, landing pad of people coming into you, there's just so many unknowns that are part of that. Yeah. One thing we added to our uh, demo request forms recently. So, you know, if you want to get in touch with our sales team, you can schedule a meeting directly uh, from our website, or you can fill out a form, um, you know, to get in touch to to schedule time with our AEs. Um, One of the things we added to that form was how did you hear about us? Right. Because we wanted to get, of course we have attribution reporting that says, oh, this person came from paid search or this person came from organic and all that, all that channel stuff. But we wanted to get a better understanding of like, where in the world are people hearing from us? Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating. Some of the answers coming in, there's tons of people that, you know, that are mentioning, Oh, I learned about you on LinkedIn. I learned about you on YouTube. Um, it, you know, I'm a previous customer. I, uh, had a friend, so we're getting a lot of insights in terms of just like those brand touch points that you might not be able to attribute back into your systems. Um, and it's helping us, you know, figure out where we might want to double down or uh, do more, you know, resourcing. So yeah, there's definitely 
Well, even on that buyer's journey, I mean, someone might be saying, oh, I heard about you on LinkedIn, even though they were exposed to, you you know, five other different places. But the fact that it's clicking in their head that that was the time, the content that and that was, you know, Ted, who actually brought them in through his platform, that that was the clicker is powerful. And getting that feedback is awesome that you're getting. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we've only had it live for about a couple of weeks here. And so I think as we continue to have this, we're going to just learn, you know, it's, I, I love checking it. Cause I'm always like, Oh, this is really interesting insight, sharing it with back with the team and stuff. So it's definitely been cool. What do you think are some of the mistakes people make along the way with all of this? Like, so obviously you can drill down too much into data you, you already touched on that as being a little end of the rabbit tunnel that you might get into. Yeah, I think, um, so that's exactly one thing. I think if you're just like in, you know, paralysis in trying to, to make every single piece of data, um, make sense. It's again, like measure the things that you think are important and use those as inputs into your decision-making. So over analyzing or, uh, you know, just try it again. We already talked about that. That's definitely a mistake I think teams can make. Um, Another mistake I think is that when you're on your brand journey um, and trying to create community or generate brand affinity, um, I do think you need to choose focus on one to two things you're going to do really, really well and don't try to boil the ocean, you know, from the beginning, especially right now we are in, you know, an economic climate where productivity and efficiency is the most important thing. And so, you know, teams don't have a ton of brand dollars to be going and spending and doing all of these things. And I think, I do think it's important to do a couple of things really, really well. And uh, instead of trying to spread yourself too thin. So again, that's why we're investing in things like, you know, our event work ramp learn, um, why we're continuing to invest in customer programming. Um, You know, LinkedIn is actually an area that we uh, are very, bullish on where we share valuable content and, you know, engage with our customers there. Um, but we're not trying to, you know, do 10 million other things because we we just want to get those things right. And uh, that that's definitely a piece of advice that I have um, as you're starting to go down that path. So how can people learn more about WorkRamp? Well, um, please go check out workramp.com. Um, we have a website where you can definitely learn more about how we're helping companies grow through learning. Um, I'm happy to connect with you as well. I'm active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Jack Foster, so you can find me and connect there. Um, you know, we're always sharing sharing updates about the company and just about our experiences with customers and about marketing, honestly, uh, on, on that platform. Um, and find our CEO if you're interested in learning more just about... Uh, you know, path, his path as a a CEO and co-founder, Ted Blosser, uh, he's always sharing on LinkedIn too. So please, yeah, come learn more about WorkRamp. We'd love to, we'd love to engage in that conversation. And so for our listeners, where do you think the future is going with community building? How is it going to change? Do you think? I think that it's going to, it goes back to what I said in the beginning. I think that it's, like community is thrown around a lot as a buzzword. And I think what ultimately it comes down to is, are you in the flow of work where, you know, where are people spending time and are you, are you building community where that's happening? And so maybe the places where community happens will change. 
Um, but I definitely think that if you are again in a in a place where people are spending time and you make it very easy to access, that's always going to be um, you know, when on your side as you're thinking about building community. And then I consider content and event experiences as part of building community. I think, um, again, it's, it's, again, goes back to that idea of like sharing insights, sharing ideas and best practices. And I think that content, you know, we see content taking so many different forms these days. We, I mean, just at WorkRamp alone has, you know, a blog, we share tidbits on LinkedIn, we're invested in sharing videos, we do our events. Um, and so I think you're going to continue to see that the way people consume content is going to continue to change. And like even TikTok, right? Like now, are you creating content that's kind of similar to TikTok? Because that's how people are used to seeing, you know, seeing their personal content. Um, I think that will also continue to, to evolve uh, like under that kind of community umbrella. Yeah. Yes, I think that I, you know, I'm completely supportive of all things that are in a non-rectangle layout on content, but my goodness, that has given everyone out there who creates content so much more work that you have to do in order to package that awesome content you're putting together to get it to work across Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and LinkedIn and Pinterest and, 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 and. Yeah, it's uh, we could have a whole other. I mean, I do consider content again part of community building. I think it's like the you have to have good content to build. Uh, we could have a whole other conversation on content, though. <laughs> Don't I know it? But yeah, it's uh, but that's I definitely think that's you know going to be the the thing to keep up with is how do you keep creating relevant content in the way that your audience wants to consume it in the way they want to engage with you. Well, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed having you and learning about you and and what, how you view community building. Yeah, no, thank you. It's always uh, one of my favorite topics and I appreciate you spending some time to chat with me about it today, Stacey. Thank you so much. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning into another episode of Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you ever have any questions about how you can help other people build your brand, reach out and we can talk about getting your brand into movies and TV shows through product placement or partnered with celebrities and influencers and leveraging content. As Jack just touched on, it is something that is a goldmine. Look forward to chatting with you soon. Have a great one.